All right. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aspiring Adult Podcast. And I know it's been a while since I've released an episode because a lot has happened. And I was going to release an episode last week. I recorded it in my car, and then my voice just gave out. I had no voice and I'll put a clip of it in here. But yeah, it was pretty bad, pretty embarrassing. So didn't want to subject anyone to listening to that for an extended period of time. So decided just to hold off and wait until this week. And then the week prior, I was moving out of my apartment in San Diego and that was just a giant ordeal. So getting into that. And then I'll talk to you a little bit about my, not a little bit, I'll talk to you in depth about my first week on the ranch. But in San Diego, so it's kind of wild to think two weeks ago, I was in San Diego and living my life like normal and was finishing up my two weeks notice. My mom was helping me move out of my apartment and now I'm in Colorado living on a ranch. So complete 180. And I've just been very reflective over this past week because the end of the year and a lot has happened for me. I moved from Boston to San Diego, San Diego to Colorado, quit my job. It has been quite a year for me. So yeah. And I think that 2023 was one of my better years, to be honest. And I say that, and it's kind of wild to me to say that because my 2022 was very, very different than my 2023. So not to stray away from the subject at hand here, but wanted to talk about the logistics of actually moving and quitting your corporate job and what that was actually like for me. So I know I did an episode about me quitting my corporate job, and that was the last episode that I've posted on here, but a lot has happened since then, clearly, obviously, and a lot has unraveled, unfolded, and gone down since I have left my corporate job. So let's first begin with what it was like to put in my two weeks notice. Um, So... That was pretty much a formality that I wanted to approach with leaving my corporate environment was to leave on a positive note. So submitted a letter of resignation after talking to my boss and then continued to work out my two weeks as normal. And I say normal, but it really wasn't normal because I worked in customer success or consulting, if you will, and it is very customer centric. And so all of my customers that I had close relationships knew that I was leaving. And so I was kind of just sitting there with two weeks left, not really sure what I needed to do besides document all the relationships that I had with individuals. So that's pretty much what I did for my remainder of my two weeks. And my last day was very, very anticlimactic. So I was... I don't know, working like normal. I went to all my meetings like normal. And then come 4.30, my Slack became deactivated. My email became deactivated. And I just shut my computer and walked away. Like, it was super, yeah, no fireworks. It was more of a party popper type thing. And I was expecting it to be a little bit different. But alas, it wasn't. So... Getting into the actual logistics of moving, that part was incredibly 
taxing and wild and I cannot believe that I was able to do it and I couldn't have done it without the help of my mom and dad. But I first decided that I was going to apply to a ranch position on a Sunday. I got called that Sunday evening to talk about my interest in the position, then interviewed for the position on a Monday, then put my two weeks in on a Tuesday. And so let me pull up a calendar so I can actually walk you through the dates to give you some sort of relativity in terms of what I was looking at and what I was working with, because this all happened so fast. And yeah, so let's see. I keep pulling up my calendar and it's asking me to sign in. So if I go back to December, I put my two weeks in on December 5th, maybe. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So on December 3rd, I applied for the job. On December 4th, I interviewed for the job. On December 5th, I put my two weeks notice in. Now, while I was putting my two weeks notice in, I had to move out of my apartment in San Diego. So I started packing up on the 6th, 7th, and 8th. My mom arrived in San Diego to visit prior to knowing that I was going to even quit my job. She came in on the 9th. She helped me pack up on the 9th, the 10th, and the 11th. And I know what you're thinking. Like, oh, packing really can't be that hard, like, for one person. No, no, no. I moved all of my belongings. Like, some of you might have belongings at your parents' house or scattered amongst, I don't know, a storage unit or something. No. All of my possessions are on me. I move with my possessions. Like, they are on me at all times. Except not now, not on the ranch. They're at my dad's at this point in time. But everything was with me. Like I had every possession in my San Diego apartment. So imagine that. Imagine having all of your possessions and you have to sift through what's important, what you want to keep, what you're moving, all of that. And I know it probably sounds crazy. Like, oh, why didn't you just pack up and move the same way that you did to San Diego? I couldn't do that because you know what? My dad wasn't coming with his sprinter van again to come and move me. So I also... My brother was graduating from college on December 15th. So again, my mom visited on the 9th, the 10th, 11th, and was helping me pack. All right. So on the 11th, I really needed to have the majority of my apartment moved out. And you might be wondering, okay, why did you have to have it moved out? You still have two weeks. Two weeks from the 5th is the 19th. So... On the 15th, I had to be moved out of my apartment completely. And I had to figure out what I was going to do with my car because I was either going to drive it to Colorado or I was going to ship it or I was going to sell it. So the problem with selling it was that I don't have my title. There's a lien out on my title, apparently, even though we've paid off my car and it is registered in Massachusetts. I never registered it in California. So that would have been a big ordeal. So didn't sell it. And then driving to Colorado, I don't know if any of you have ever driven a Kia Forte through the snow. It's a two-wheel drive vehicle. It's a sedan. I might get stuck in a snowbank. Couldn't do that. So the only option that was left for me to do was to ship my car. And the ideal scenario was for me to just stuff my car full of 
my belongings. So that way I can just ship everything. I don't need to get rid of that much stuff. But in doing diligence on what I could ship, you're only allowed to put a hundred pounds into a car, allegedly. That's what the car shipping companies have told me. And let me tell you, that is a ruthless industry. The car shipping industry, they, they got something going on. I put in a request at the beginning of December and I am still getting text messages every single day from people trying to move my car. It is wild. Like you put your email phone number into one website and you will be bombarded with loads of offers and interest in moving your car. So moving my car, let me get further into that. All these people are texting you with offers of how much they're willing to how much they're willing to get paid to move your car. And so I had offers all the way from $500 to like $2,000. And I was thinking to myself, okay, $500 seems kind of low, but I'm going to see if it's actually real. So the more that I talked to the $500 ones, the less I really believed that the less that I really believed that that was real because Everybody else that seemed like more reputable that when I typed into Google had more than 10 reviews and was at least four and a half stars. So I narrowed it down to a few choices and it depends on the area that you're in, obviously, for the company that you're going to move with. So I used Dynamic Auto Movers. If you're in the San Diego area, I highly recommend them because They were the most communicative. However, I say the most communicative, but this was a stressful endeavor for me. Once I signed the contract saying that I was going to pay like $1,000 for them to move my car, which to me wasn't that much money um, in terms of like moving all of my belongings and shipping my vehicle across the country. Didn't seem like a lot of money considering how expensive gas prices are right now, but It was not as simple as I'm making it sound. So after I signed that I was going to pay the money for them to move my car, they told me that they would call me 72 hours before they were going to pick up my car. So I signed those papers on December 7th saying, okay, this is how much I'm willing to pay. I need you to pick up my car on the 12th. And again, I had to have you pick, I had to have them pick it up on the 12th because I had a flight to my brother's graduation on December 14th to go and watch him graduate. So I needed them to pick it up before the 14th. So I was aiming for the 12th or the 13th, preferably the 12th, because I just wanted them to get it out of there. And so all of my belongings had to be packed up before the 12th. All of my car, everything had to be together out of my apartment by at least the 12th. So I was trying to figure out when they were going to come and get my car. They told me they told me they were going to come and get it 72 or they told me they were going to notify me 72 hours before they were going to get my car. So I'm calling 72 hours before I need them to pick up my car on the 12th. They did not come and get it. They did not call me back. I got nothing. They're like, oh, we'll figure out when we're going to work, when we're going to get it. But it's definitely going to be before the 14th. And I was like, okay, well, good, because I'm not going to be here on the 14th and I need, need my car gone. So after that ordeal, 
I ended up calling them consecutively the next three days and finally called them on the 12th. And I was like, hey, I really need my car picked up either today or tomorrow. And they're like, okay, we're going to get somebody on it. And I was like, I am not really feeling very confident in your abilities to get somebody on this. But nonetheless, I got a call later that evening and said, hey, we're going to come pick your car up in about two hours. And I had them pick my car up at an Airbnb that my mom was staying at in Carlsbad and I was in Encinitas. So that's about a 30 minute drive. So I had to make sure all of my car was packed. And before I get into that situation, I had to make sure all my belongings were sold and all the belongings that weren't sold had to go into my car. And one of which was my e-bike. I could not sell that thing. I love that thing. And I'm actually kind of glad that I didn't end up selling it because now my dad is just ripping around on it in South Carolina, which I think is hilarious. But I love that e-bike and I was really concerned about what I was going to do with it because it's massive. It's like a mountain bike. It has fat tires. It is a mountain fat tire e-bike. So I had no idea how I was going to get into my car. It's 60 pounds and I had very little, like going back to what I was saying about I can only have 100 pounds in my car, I had to figure out, okay, how am I going to get this e-bike into my car with the rest of my belongings because I can only make this be 100 pounds. And so got really, really stressed out, really, really anxious and started figuring out, okay, I need to make sure that everything is getting to where it needs to go effectively. And so I separated all the things into my apartment. So on December 12th, before the car was getting picked up, I had four categories that I separated all of my belongings into. The first category was stuff that was going into my car that I didn't need to take to Colorado. The second category was all of the stuff that I'm going to ship to Colorado because I can't fit it into my suitcases that I'm going to take with me to Colorado, which brings me to the third category, which is all the suitcases and belongings that I need to take with me to Colorado that I'm going to take on my flight with me to I'm not flying to Colorado, by the way. I'm flying to North Carolina because that's where my brother is graduating. So scratch that. All the bags I need to take with me to North Carolina. Then I have the fourth box of all the stuff that I'm just going to ship to my dad's house in South Carolina that I didn't really want, that I didn't think was going to fit into my car because of this 100-pound weight limit. So I'm freaking out. I have way too many belongings in my car that's definitely over 100 pounds. And I really can't figure out what I'm going to remove from the vehicle because at this point in time, everything in the vehicle was a asset to me. So I also then had to add my bike in on top of that. And again, it's a 60 pound bike. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, would it be most effective to ship it? Would it be most effective to put it in my car? Or should I just leave it on the side of the road or donate it to somebody? Because apparently Play It Again Sports doesn't buy e-bikes, which is really weird to me. I feel like they should. So I know that they're locally owned or like individually franchised or whatever. So if those of you in San Diego are looking to increase revenue in some capacity, like get get on the e-bike train. Come on now. So yeah, I couldn't sell it and didn't want to ship it because that was going to be freight and it was going to be almost a grand. So me shipping my car was going to be the same cost as me shipping my bike, which seemed insane to me. So the only other option was to take it to a bike shop, have them dismantle it so that it would fit my car, 
again, it's a 2016 Kia Forte. That thing is tiny. And I had to fit a massive e-bike with giant tires into it. So that was super fun. We ended up getting it to fit. And I'm stopping by my office to drop off my key to my office. And they tell me, yeah, we all shipped our cars here when we moved here from Boston and we just packed that full. And I was like, are you kidding me? I didn't need to pay all of these shipping fees to my dad's house. Like I paid $200 to ship some boxes. Like that's wonky. So nonetheless, we got in the car. The guy came to pick up the car two hours later and he did not care what was in that car. He did not care one bit because you want to know why he was also transporting a 2024 Mercedes Maybach. Maybach. I don't know how to pronounce it. I am too poor to know. Okay. So he was transporting that and that's all he cared about. Like he didn't care what was in my car. He only cared that that Maybach, Maybach didn't get damaged. So that was at least a sigh of relief. And then at that point in time, I had no car. I was still in San Diego. I was with my mom and we had to make sure my apartment was cleaned out. So this is December 12th. We're leaving early in the morning on December 15th. So December or on December 14th, December 13th, we're just sitting there trying to make sure we have all of our ducks in the ducks in a row. Everything's packed. All of my bags for Colorado are sorted. I'm still working on donating slash getting rid of things because I had least eight bags of things that I donated, including clothes, household items, things along those lines that I just couldn't take with me, which narrowed down my belongings by about a third. So I donated a good portion of my life away in San Diego, which is pretty wild. I'm down to the bare minimum here. So yeah, that's super exciting and also scary. Kind of freeing in a way, but not not really. Anyways, so still in San Diego, about to get on a flight to go to North Carolina. Again, going to North Carolina for my brother's graduation. We're there for the graduation. Again, I am still on the clock. I am still working. And I am there for, I want to say, 48 hours. And then my dad takes me back to South Carolina, which is where I ship my car, which is where I ship boxes of things, and which is where I was going to pack up and head to Colorado. And what you may be thinking is, what happens if your car doesn't come in time to Southern Cal or to South Carolina? Yeah, that doesn't matter because like I said, I'm not taking that Kia Forte. I, lucky enough, was given the offer to take a Subaru that my dad had at his house. So I drove, packed that boy up, drove it out to Colorado. And that was a trek. That was 26 hours of driving. It was kind of nice because it gave me a lot of thinking time. Like I just sat in there and thought. And I, the first day I did a lot of phone calls. The first day I, it was a trip from Greenville, South Carolina to St. Louis, Missouri. And I stayed with my friend, Anna Grace. And that portion of the trip was about 12-ish hours, but then started losing my voice. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try and not talk that much and got to Anna Grace's and then immediately woke up the next day. Voice was just gone. I have no idea what happened to it. I don't know where it went. And so that whole next day, I did not say I did not call anyone I did not say a single word and somehow my voice just got worse and worse and so 
that was the the second leg of my three-leg trip. So made it to Denver that next day and then had a drive from Denver to Steamboat Springs area the following day, which was then when I got to the ranch. So I really was trying to make my voice come back as quickly as possible. I was drinking liquids. I was drinking tea. I was having cough drops and it was just not great. And I showed up to the ranch and I had no voice, like none. It was non-existent, not there. And I had to meet everybody that way. And it was so bad that one of my coworkers who I'm now pretty friend, pretty good friends with came up to me afterwards and said, I was really worried that you were actually just a chain smoker. And that's just how you always talked. And I was like, great, good. Glad that that was my first impression. But arriving to the ranch was a really surreal feeling to me because there was never a moment where I felt anxiety or nervousness. There was just a lot of comfort in what I was doing. I didn't ever feel like this was the wrong decision for me. Whereas when I had, when I had started my positions in Braintree and in Boston, when I was working in Massachusetts, I felt a lot of anxiety. I felt like some sort of imposter syndrome, if you will, in a weird way. Like I remember I showed up to day one of my entry level mechanical engineering position in Braintree and I was just sitting in the parking lot freaking out. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to be a professional. Like no one tells you that. And so I had no idea really what I was doing. And retrospectively, I think I should have done a lot of things differently at that job that I learned some lessons and changed when I got to my second job. And honestly, it was just a really different feeling when I started both of those corporate jobs as opposed to this one. Like I felt like at ease, you know, in a weird way. I felt like there was nothing that I would do differently. This is where I was supposed to be. And again, it was just such a super comforting feeling because that is not how I felt in Boston. That is not how I felt in San Diego. I I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. And I hope that that, I hope it makes sense in what I'm saying. Like I didn't have imposter syndrome coming here. I didn't feel like I was doing something wrong. I felt like I had made the correct decision in coming here. And I was reaffirmed in that during my large time of thinking during my 26 hour drive, because I was thinking about if I was promoted at my company, if I would have been as happy as I am to be leaving. And honestly, it was a very quick question answer because the answer was immediately no. Like I would not have been happy. I mean, maybe for a day or so been happy, but then at the end of the day, I'm working towards something again to try. I would have just gone into the circles really. And so I think that leaving definitely was the right move and leaving definitely gave me a lot of clarity and leaving has definitely made me feel a lot better and I just really feel that corporate America makes you feel like there's nothing else besides for corporate America like if you're not working a corporate job you're nothing and you can't be successful and you can't be happy let me tell you what, I was making about six figures in my last job and I'm making 
way less than that now. Way less. I'm on a hourly, an hourly wage. So very, very, very different. And I'm so much happier, like truly, truly happier. And it feels like I am finally living out something that was for me because when I was in San Diego, it felt like I was living out a lot of other people's dreams of working and living on the beach, which don't get me wrong, was fun, but it definitely wasn't my dream, which is kind of wild to me because I was looking through my Snapchats on, what was that, Chris, or New Year's Eve when they did like the year wrapped on Snapchat. And I sent a Snapchat to Anna Grace that was a video of Colorado and said, it's weird driving through a a town like this when I know this is where I should end up instead of some other coastal town. And I knew then when I was moving that I wasn't supposed to end up in California. And it just felt like I was doing a lot of things for other people instead of for myself. And so this is a move for myself. This was a career change for myself. This wasn't for anyone besides for myself. Like, I don't know. I talked in a previous podcast about the clout that was around engineering and how it was difficult for me to go from a mechanical engineer to a customer success manager and how that stigma was really difficult for me to align with. And now I've just completely thrown that out the window and I'm now a ranch hand, which I think is pretty baller. Like, I think it's really cool. I get to do a lot of things outside. I'm outside every single day and it's fun. Like, I am exhausted when my head hits the pillow every single day. And some days, actually, you know, every single day that I've worked, I'm just like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. I can't believe I get paid to live here. I can't believe that I get paid to be here. Like, it is one of those feelings and it in a weird way is like a dream job because I on New Year's Eve I literally got paid to ride around on horses, ride snowmobiles, launch off fireworks and hang around with some pretty fun people. And that's what I got paid to do just on New Year's Eve. So just kind of don't limit yourself to just corporate America. Like I, I'm having a really hard time thinking about what it's going to be like to re-enter that world, or if that's something that I'm ever going to choose to do. I'm not really sure yet. So people keep asking me, "Oh, are you going to stay for the summer season? Are you going to stay for the summer season?" I honestly have no idea, and I want to, but I know with these seasonal jobs, it's really hard because everyone's moving constantly. And so if I were to stay for the summer season, a lot of people are leaving and going back to another ranch that they might be working on or going back home or doing whatever they're doing. Because again, it's a seasonal job. You're not contracted to any specific time and you don't need like experience to go from one ranch to another. So I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I I have no idea. I'm playing it by ear. Maybe I'll go to another ranch. Maybe I'll stay here. Maybe I'll be an au pair in Europe. I have no idea. And in a way, not knowing is kind of freeing as well because I used to be so calculated with everything that I wanted to do. I really thoroughly thought that I was going to end up on Forbes 30 under 30. And for whatever weird reason, I wanted that accolade and wanted to be known for how hard of a worker I was. For what? 
Like, literally thinking about that makes me ill because I was so unhappy. I was so unhappy and I was constantly banging my head against the wall. And maybe that was just my work environment. Maybe it's different for people who have healthy work environments. I don't know. But for me, it was just not a good headspace for me to be in. It did not feel right. It did not feel like what I was doing was really valuable. And for whatever reason, me plowing snow or setting off fireworks or whatever weird stuff I do as a ranch hand has been way more fulfilling to me than all the stuff that I did in corporate America. And I don't know why, because for a long time, I guess I convinced myself that with engineering, I was helping improve other people's lives. But put myself under the radar, put myself under the rug and put my needs second to other people's. And now I'm just doing things for me. And it has been very, very fun. And I highly recommend it. So if you're interested in quitting your job, your 20s is the time to do it. Because I know I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, but your 20s is the best opportunity for you to take a risk on yourself. Because at the end of the day, I'm, my uncle called it triple free. I'm triple free. I have no significant other. I have no children. I have no house. I have no commitments to anybody or anything. And it's freeing. It's nice. I can do whatever I want. I can be whatever I want. I can think however I want. So that, that has been super awesome. And I don't, I don't know what I was thinking for the first, for the first part of my twenties. Cause I remember my friend Savina came and worked out on a ranch. I was like, oh, she's missing out on working and work experience. What? No, I was missing out. I was missing out in my 20s and having fun and being free. I thought I had to go and put my head down and grind. Like some American dream, I'll tell you that. That American dream is long gone, y'all. Like sitting down at a nine to five job, that is not the American dream. My American dream is to be fulfilled, to be happy and that was not it for me. That corporate world was not it for me. So again, maybe I'll get back into it. Maybe I won't. I'm not sure what I want to do, but I'm thinking that I want to stay in an industry like this that's more hands-on, maybe construction. I don't know. We'll see. I always have had a dream, or I guess I recently have had a dream of converting Airbnbs to make them like more fun and whimsical and like just building the Airbnb from scratch. So that's something that I'm interested in doing. We'll see how that manifests. Maybe I'm able to start doing that. I'm not sure. But yeah, that's that's kind of the route that I think that I see myself going down. Working on a ranch has been extremely liberating. It's been extremely fun. You meet so many down to earth people and uh, I don't know how to say this without offending anybody, but in my role, I worked with a lot of people in sales and it just felt to me that the conversations were just disingenuous. And even though it wasn't work related half the time, it was personal. It felt like there was some personal gain for them in a conversation. Whereas in this life, what you gain from another individual is just the experience of talking to them. They're not seeking anything out from you. They're not looking to gain anything from you besides for just 
connection as a human. And so that has been probably the utmost of my enjoyment here. I have really loved that aspect and feel as if this environment is just way more authentic than any other environment I've ever been in. And people are just open, honest, raw. And I think that that was something that my last company tried to replicate, but just was missing the mark a little bit. And now I've got it and I don't want to lose that. And I don't know what to do because it's also a really wild feeling because I really like my boss here. And he is one of those people that you know he's not going to bullshit with you. And you know that he's his word is his bond. And he if he says it, he means it. And I've only ever had one boss like that. And I attribute my bosses, my coaches throughout my softball career to be bosses as well, because that's somebody that I followed their orders. I showed up every day. I did the work, you know, that sort of thing. I've only ever had one other boss like that. And that was my very first like corporate boss in engineering. And he was the same. I really didn't know what I had (laughs) to be honest. Like if you start with a good boss, you don't know how good you have it. To be honest, like if you don't have an absolute terrible boss that treats you terribly, (laughs) you just really don't know how good you have it. Okay. Until you lose it. So I really like my boss. And I think that he said something that really struck a chord in me. And he said that he feels his purpose in life is helping other people find their purpose. And I was like, whoa, that is wild because I feel like I'm looking to find my career purpose. I feel like what I understand what my purpose on this earth is. And maybe the two are related. I'm not sure. Definitely think I'm here to communicate. So I'd love to hear that from him if he thinks that that is the same. And so I also have this really big splinter in my hand and it hurts a lot. Anyways, I'd like to see if he says the same thing because, again, If he says that, I heard it from my psychic, I heard it from the aura reading, like, that would be huge, that would be awesome, that would be really comforting, and then I just need to figure out how I can make that my life, and how I can make communication being my day-to-day, everyday thing that I do. So, potentially incorporating that into a job, but I also just really feel fulfilled in working with my hands and being outside, which I've been doing a lot of here. So yeah, that has been my journey from corporate America to my ranch life. And I'll definitely get into more detail about what it's like being on the ranch and what it's like working here. But overall, 10 out of 10 recommend. I love this place. I love the people. And it has been amazing. And for those of you who are wondering what my living situation is like, (laughs) if you've ever seen Yellowstone, it is not like that for me, at least. So I live in a house or I guess a cabin with, I think, two, four, six, eight. I think there's 10 girls in total in the house. And it's actually really nice. I have my own room with a roommate and we have a sink in our own closets and then we share a two showers and a toilet with two other girls and then it's pretty much that same setup throughout the house it's I love it it's great um 
I can't think of a better living scenario. And that's kind of why I'm hesitant about leaving to go to another ranch during the summer. Although I would like to experience something different. I think leaving the comfort of what I have right now, I don't know if I would be able to do that. But who knows? We don't know. I don't want to speak anything to in, into existence yet. Um, just living right now. But yeah, definitely not like the bunkhouse in Yellowstone. Have my own space. Able to record a podcast in peace pretty easily. And yeah, it's really nice. So let me know what you want to hear about on the ranch. Uh, I know some of my coworkers want to come on and talk on the podcast. So we can also look forward to that. I know I also said that I'm going to have my psychic on later or at some point. That has been kind of lost in the mix. And so we'll try and resurface that. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's pretty much my life update. Things are going well. I'm very happy. I'm very content. And let me know what you're interested in learning about the ranch. And we're also going to get started on the uh, Dear Sarah column. So also with that, if you sent me a postcard and I don't talk about it on the show, go ahead and send me a text or DM me on Instagram or TikTok because obviously in moving, my address has changed. And I thought that I had forwarded my address to my dad's house. So all of those pre-addressed items might be still going to my PO box. And I don't know if they're going to make it to my dad's house. So if I don't talk about it, go ahead and just ping me and we'll, we'll make sure that it gets talked about on the show. But thanks again for listening and we will talk again next week. So have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time. Bye.